Welcome, True Believer readers, to Let's Read Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man, a division of Let's Read Spider-Man, a proud member of the PacePot Patreon Podcast Network. The PacePot Patreon Podcast Network is home to many great podcasts, and one that might interest you would be a new take on Millionaire Matchmaker. Join a daily bugle photographer as he helps develop relationships each week in his own apartment, matching up prospective couples. Hopefully, he doesn't end up covered in lipstick. Listen to The Ideal Image, Fridays at 11 p.m. Eastern on the PacePot Patreon Podcast Network. That sounds interesting, James B., particularly the pun in there. That very well could be Peter Parker, couldn't it be? It I, doesn't say in the copy, but I'm thinking, I think it is him. I really do. All right, well, so. um, I... I start off with something that I got correct, perhaps, and this is good because today is my birthday. Oh, excellent. Are you telling the listeners how old you are? Is that a I, I, it's the big one for me. It's the big 4-0 is what it is. Wow. <laughs> if everything's going well, I'm cresting the Sierra Nevadas right now. So big road trip for me going that, on. That's great. Thank you for podcasting on your birthday on, in the middle of your, your vacation. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, hey, um, 40. That's great. How long have you been reading comics? Like when did you, you started with me again when you were 38? That's maybe? correct. Before that, I How, must have started when I was like, boy, four or five on rainy days at the cabin. How long did you read them until you're how old, you think? Well, I, I mean, I read them until I was at least a teenager. Well, speaking of musically inclined comic loving teenagers. <laughs> As we mentioned last podcast, Ian Cooper is back with us. Ian, tell us what you have going on. First off, I'd like to say that I'm definitely going to listen to the Ideal Image podcast so I can get some tips. <laughs> that photographer really has a way with ladies. Uh, I'm out of school, and next year I start high school. I'm going to be going to be pretty busy this summer with the National Convention for Junior Beta in Kentucky, and I'm starting marching band late July. Oh, man, band camp so intense. But what is Junior Beta? So Junior Beta is this organization that recognizes outstanding academic achievement, prom promotes strong moral character and strong responsibility, and encourages service to others, fosters leadership skills, and provides settings for you to develop strong interpersonal skills. So says Google. Hi. <laughs> I thought you were just giving lines about uh, what it's like being on our podcast, Ian. <laughs> They're the same thing. That's right. <laughs> oh, Eddie, you're so wise now. You got much. You got much funnier now that you're forty. Happy birthday, Eddie! Right, Ian. Happy birthday, Eddie. Happy birthday! Oh, thank you. And we'll start things off on your birthday with a book from July of 1983. Were you alive in 1983? Let me do the math. I here. was. <laughs> I was one month old. <laughs> you were zero years old. From July of 1983, Stan Lee presents Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man 80, uh, also known on the cover as the Spectacular J. Jonah Jameson. I cover the waterfront. Written by Bill Mantlo, art by Ron Friends and Kevin Zuban. We begin with this J. Jonah-centric book uh, with the cigar-smoking old tyrant recalling his heydays to lady friend Marla Madison. Tilting his fedora forward, J. Jonah marches into the bugle to bark at his staff. They need to solve the corruption problem at the docks. 
He exits just as abruptly as he entered, but this time with Spidey following. J. Jonah goes straight to the kingpin to trade information. I'm surprised that Wilson Fisk and J. Jonah Jameson run in the same country club circles. I felt that everyone knows he's a mob boss, and I did not think criminals would be welcome. With great bluster, J. Jonah makes a Faustian exchange with the crime lord and later that night breaks into the offices at the docks, obtaining the files he needs. Unfortunately, goons chase and attempt to shoot the old publisher. But Jonah has a guardian angel following him and protecting him at every turn. Spider-Man. J. Jonah barely escapes by plunging into the Hudson and returns to the bugle to write the expose, but with a bitterness at the thought of Spidey helping him. Ian, what did you think about Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider-Man number 80? I actually really thought this story was incredible. I thought that seeing JJJ in action was really cool. And I really liked the storyline that they gave the old fool. I think that J. Jonah Jameson should get a lot more stories like this. Now, Ian, you and I have talked a little offline. I know you're also following uh, an early Batman podcast. And this story reminded me of something that you would see back in the 1930s or 40s. So I, I thought you might really enjoy this. I think the 1983 to 1984 Spider-Man books overall are a strong group of books. This book is better than most of the early books from like the Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man series. But I think it's hard to come off of the Owl and Doc Ock War and come back with a J. Jonah Jameson-centric story. Eddie, what did you think? I, I gotta say, it's it's not the most interesting subjects, J. Jonah-centric book, but uh, time passes very slowly in many series of panels here. It's like when J. Jonah marches through the office, it's one foot moving forward after the next, and his cigar smoke is trailing behind him. I'm not too super keen on the art, but there's definitely like a different cinematic quality to how the book is laid out. So it's interesting. Well, again, they... On the cover, they really kind of covered up and did say it was the spectacular J. Jonah Jameson. So they wanted to do a, a story for him. And I thought, at least being different, that was good. But I do prefer the originals. And one of them is from August of 1983. Stanley presents Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man 81, Stalkers in the Shadows, by Bill Mantlo, Al Milgram, and Jim Mooney. We begin with the Punisher double-crossing his accomplice Boomerang to escape prison. We quickly move from the two villains to a gang fight involving one of the only people who has defeated Spider-Man. Mrs. Muggins! Wielding her broom, Mrs. Muggins is defending herself from a posse of junkies when Peter Parker shows up to help her run them off. As Peter and Mrs. Muggins discuss the tragedy of heroin addiction, Cloak and Dagger loom nearby, having seen the whole Farrakis. I thought the Punisher shouldn't have escaped. He just became more of a criminal than he was before. If this super intense wannabe Batman wants to punish those who break the law, he should start with himself. I've mentioned a couple times that Cloak and Dagger are all about the war on drugs. This is what I remember them for. I, a cool name, cool costumes, but too much same old, same old about cleaning up junkies. I... I I disagree. It's an incredible power that Cloak and Dagger have to cure junkies. Perhaps like one of the greatest of powers. I thought 
maybe Charles Xavier might be able to do this somehow by tricking people's mind, but I think it's the best superpower ever. Speaking of junkies, Cloak and Dagger follow the junkies who attacked Peter and Mrs. Muggins using light daggers and chilling darkness. Uh, but not only do the dope fiends seem uninjured, they are also healed uh, of their addiction. As Cloak and Dagger teleport, the Punisher arrives to punish the junkies for crimes committed and to find the source of their drugs. I like Bill Mantlow's mixed message of, hey, junkies, you are victims, but you have to also pay for your crimes, having them, you know, get healed by one group and, you know, shot by the other, essentially. Eddie, you can keep going with the story here. Spidey pays a visit to Felicia in the hospital, but briskly webs a way to contemplate his recent decision to drop out of school. When his spider sense pings, he finds an abandoned house filled with dead junkies and cloak and dagger a fight transpires until dagger explains they killed no one instead they had found the junkies dead in the last panel we see the punisher ready to hunt down the kingpin uh ian why don't you tell us about what we're going to do for our next book from september of 1983 stanley presents peter parker the spectacular spider-man 82 crime and punishment by mantlow al mingram and jim moody we open with the Punisher lurking around the city and seeing nothing but a broken society filled with crime. He shoots at a husband assaulting his wife, uh, at a couple who littered, and at a cabbie that ran a light to get away from the Punisher's shooting. The unhinged Punisher reiterates his philosophy and how it differs from law enforcement as he escapes the police. He also reminds us he's after the kingpin. Ian, Eddie really likes the cover. Could you explain to the listeners what it looks like? Yeah, this cover, it has Cloak's face to the left, daggers to the right, and in the middle is the kingpin looking menacing with his hands over the city, like he's controlling it almost. It kind of shows how powerful he is and how much influence he has on the city. It's a very good depiction of the emotional state and the current situation in the plot in this book. Uh, well, across town, Spidey, Cloak, and Dagger are all after the Punisher when Spider-Man learns Cloak and Dagger intend to go after the Kingpin, too. Concerned for their well-being, Spidey tells the pair not to go after Kingpin, but they teleport away. Does Spider-Man really need to be mixed up in this mess? Was he trying to stop Doc Ock from killing the owl? I mean, a lot of people are ending up dead in these Cloak and Dagger and Punisher books, and Spider-Man is concerned only about the Kingpin here. Um, Eddie, as we discussed in our Let's Read Spider-Man 175 special, the Kingpin's killed a number of people himself. I don't know why Spider-Man has to get involved in this whole mess, to save, just to save the Kingpin. Well, speaking of the Kingpin... Spidey swings to the Kingpin's headquarters, where the Kingpin naturally was expecting him. Cloak and Dagger make short work of Kingpin's guards, but when they attempt to kill the crime boss, Spidey's conscience compels him to defend Kingpin. The Kingpin slips away, but finds his exit blocked by Punisher. The wily fat man, or is it muscle? The fat jokes seem to have stopped finally. Uh, <laughs> knocks the Punisher out when he attempts to take Vanessa hostage. This gives the police the opportunity to uh, take Punisher to jail 
and Spider-Man and Cloak and Dagger work their way through a bevy of goons uh, and each other to find the Kingpin has eluded them once again. I do like that the reason the Punisher's going to jail is not because Spider-Man brought him in, but because he was knocked up by the Kingpin. I think that's a fitting way to get the Punisher to jail without making Spider-Man involved. Spider-Man has fought Cloak and Dagger for two books in a row, okay? This isn't a Marvel team-up. Spider-Man, please stop accidentally fighting good guys. I'm having a hard time deciding if I want a bad book with more Spider-Man or a better book with less (sighs) Spider-Man. Ian, I've read three books so far together, which is the best one. I by far think it's book 80. I don't like Mm. Cloak and Dagger at all. I mean, I appreciate their mission to get rid of drugs, but I don't think they're doing it right. And in this issue, they tacked people that were over drugs and wanted to stop. And this is one of the big reasons that I didn't like books 81 and 82. Wow. Eddie, did you like the J. Jonah Jameson story like Ian did? Or do you prefer the Cloak and Dagger ones? It was far more interesting to have character development regarding Cloak and Dagger. Uh, J. Jonah, we know this guy. I'm mildly happy he got his own book. I think Ian's a young man after your your heart here, James B. He likes the story. There's so little action in that book and so much more with Punisher and Cloak and Dagger around. I, I got to go for uh, the Cloak and Dagger books. Well, I'm going to just punt and say that I was waiting for this last book. And that's from October of 1983. Stanley presents Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man 83. Delusions by Bill Mantlo, Greg LaRoque, and Jim Mooney. The black cat has had enough laying in bed and is out prowling the town when she grows wary from her injuries and is forced to rest in an alley. Meanwhile, her arachnid lover is helping Captain DeWolf break up a credit card crime ring. Listeners, whenever we cover an issue that starts with Spider-Man fighting some street-level criminals at the start, prepare for a book with no further action. I know this because... I had the sound effects. And if Eddie doesn't mention that Spider-Man crashed through the window and beat up the bad guys, then there are usually no more fights for me to add sounds to. It's all Spider-Man's feelings. And I'm telling you, if you guys pay attention, I'm looking ahead at what he's going to read. It's all feelings and opinions. (laughs) Tough stuff for me to find sound effects for. This is excellent insight, James B. But I think this is a fairly modern adaptation, I guess, only in the last, since maybe the late 70s, do we seem to have fights at the beginning and maybe less action after that. Not the original Peter Parker. Right. Well, that's because the early books were all about fighting. Like he would, he, you know, he didn't say like, oh, the tinkerer. Let me, <laughs> let me go, let me go talk to the uh, tinkerer about how he feels. And then I'm going to go check in and have a soda. I got, you know, the, the 29 different weapons Dr. Doom used against him in uh, book five. Yeah, he was. <laughs> You're right. correct there. It's, he was that's always, a lot. he's always fighting. It's only when they're like, they're like a protest issue. He has to start the issue off with like beating up a criminal. Then he can be like, let's talk about the fact that, you know, protesting uh, housing is a problem. You know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. There's no good sound effects. Cook an egg, cook a goose. Turn the demonstrators loose. <laughs> All right, James B., let's see if you're right. I'm going to finish this book. As a Spider-Man swings back to the hospital to visit Felicia, he fears the worst when he doesn't find her in her hospital bed. 
Thankfully, she slinks in soon after and informs Spidey that when she is fully healthy again, they will be partners in stopping crime. Wait, were you reading those? Am I supposed to put a sound effect for fully healthy? Why did you say that? <laughs> I just, I, I was being optimistic for Felicia. Oh, okay. All right. I'm <laughs> That's like, all. Because like, she she's been in bed for so long, James B. <laughs> I think she's, I spoiler, I think she's getting out. All right. <laughs> like right here. <laughs> okay. Great news. Uh, Spidey, a consummate loner, grows uncomfortable with the idea of having a partner and abruptly departs. As he swings, Spider-Man's thoughts stray towards the many enemies he's had and many people who he has endangered. At the Bugle, J. Jonah has all hands on deck to attend the Trial of the Punisher, we get a Bugle-style recap of who the Punisher is, with Peter wondering if Spider-Man could ever fall down the same path of vigilantism. Ian, can you tell us what this book tells us about the Punisher? Yeah. So the Punisher's this highly decorated soldier who deserted the military. Uh, he took his family on a picnic where a gangland execution was taking place, and his entire family was killed when the gang started shooting at them. After that, like another certain vigilante, he devoted his life to stopping crime. In his campaign, he started getting a little too aggressive and ended up in prison. Well, to get him out of prison, we're at his trial. His lawyer successfully argues in a series of pages um, a defense of insanity. The judge agrees, but the Punisher attacks his guard at the thought of being viewed as insane. Punisher drops to his knees as he realizes no one sees society as he does, uh, and he is escorted away as Peter also departs. Yeah, see, Eddie, there was no more fighting, no sound effects. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. This is a Punisher book. You make gunshots I have ready to go here? I'm all queued up. Nothing to insert. Punisher uh, being really difficult for me today. <laughs> you know, I never liked him as a kid for precisely that reason. Gunshots and guns all the time seemed like a not superhero thing to have. And I always thought he was a bit scary, but I'm starting to like the complex aspects of his character. Speaking of complex characters, uh, young Ian has been trying to convince me that we need some kind of Discord channel. Uh, Ian, what are, we, what, what are we talking about now? Well, I was thinking that it would be cool to have all the listeners get together and talk about Spider-Man and what they like about him, what they don't like about him. And I think Discord would be a great way to do that. Yeah, how often does Eddie have to appear on the, this, this Discord channel? Um, he's 40 now, so he's like, it's not long for this world. We don't have a lot of time for him. <laughs> By the way, happy birthday, Eddie. Happy birthday! <laughs> Thank you for reminding me that I'm old, James B. <laughs> Me and Madam Webb. <laughs> and Silvermane. So what are you, you going to create this for us? You, you going to run this? I will run it. Where am I going to? Can I put a link right in the show notes here? Right in the little like thing that people click on? Yeah. Or, yeah. Okay. I know Discord links really well to all kinds of places. So, all right. So, so listeners, if you're looking right now, all right, and there's nothing and you're like, wait, where, where in the little... <laughs> I'm looking at my Apple, my Google, and there's no link at the bottom here for anything. You just start writing us uh, how much you're disappointed in Ian Cooper. And Eddie, how can people write all these nasty things about Ian Cooper? Where can they reach us? You could email us at letsreadspiderman at gmail.com. 
And if they want to get really nasty, what else can they do? You can uh, publicly shame Ian on Twitter at Let's Read Spidey. <laughs> We're all ha- we've all had birthdays recently. Just to true that. Yeah, back to back to back. We can be uh, birthday buddies. So wait, you're a th- Ian. You're a Taurus. I'm a Cancer. And I'm a Gemini. Yeah, right yeah. in a row. Oh yeah, look at that. So there you go. So, yeah. all right. I'm James B. Joined by Eddie and Ian. And remember, listeners, the PacePot Patreon Podcast Network is home to many great podcasts. And one that might interest you would be a show for those in need of rehab. Sounds very important, James B. Tell us about it. <laughs> Join Cloak and & Dagger and The Punisher each week as Cloak & Dagger Cure Addicts. So they can be clear-headed as The Punisher guns them down. Listen to Don't Bring a Needle to a Gunfight each Sunday at noon on the PacePot Patreon Podcast Network. Uh, that seems a little bit violent for a rehab clinic, James B., but, you know, I, I think I'm just going to say goodbye. 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 Eddie, guess what's coming up? It's our meetup. Second annual. That means you can get in almost on the ground floor, listeners. (laughs) Last year, we had a lot of amazing guests. Some of them actual, not just fictional. Remember? Yes, it's true. (laughs) So, Eddie, explain uh, to people what this is all about. Uh, We all get together in this case. Well, if Ian can swing it on. In person? Where are we going? On Skype or Zoom or some platform. And we celebrate... Our small community here of Let's Read Spider-Man listeners and guests and podcasters. That's right. And what's good is because it's our second annual, you can come in there, spend like a minute. And then if you like don't want to do this anymore, you're like, whatever. I only wasted a minute. And then if you like it, then next year you can be like, yeah, I was here last year. This is my second time on this thing. You can get on the ground floor. Who, who knows how big this could get? Not that big. <laughs> well says the guy who's trying to take over the discord channel let's go it could get we'll bigger. celebrate anyone's That's birthday different. that shows up for sure so we'll do this in july of 2023 uh ian by the way is trying to hijack the date because i told him the date had to be the same week and he thinks that he's too busy with band camp or I something don't think so it's not band camp it's nationals in kentucky we can't keep track of all your busyness. You're I can't too keep smart track of all stuff. my busyness. We'll figure this part out. But um, what we'll do is we'll put out, uh, we'll put something in these little, yeah. I think last year we had a, how did I do this last year? I, oh, I know I did. I put a link to a Google Doc and the Google Doc updated with the yes. information. So all you had to do is keep track of the Google Doc because it's static. And then eventually the Google Doc would say like, hey, click on this and you can join the party, blah, blah, blah. And remember last year we only, we clicked on something. We had like, it was Zoom and it had like a time limit on it. Remember that? Yes. Yep. Like our show, it had yeah. a time limit. You could That's only how we run things. So yeah, I, I'm sure we can we can go for more th- a little longer one this time. So that way there, uh, everybody could show up. I, I did have one more thing I wanted to talk about. I hate to uh, argue with you on your birthday here, but- uh, What's your problem with Gene DeWolf? Uh, 
she makes a pass at Spider-Man. She's like, maybe you can call me later. <laughs> it's gross. She thinks she thinks yes. it first. Of I don't all. like this. This is spoiling their relationship. This is this is a business partnership, not some kind of romantic interest. Boo, boo, and boo. Jean Wolf ha- she don't have a guy. Agree. True. She you know she barely she's has a, a brother. She doesn't have a. She's a loner. She has been watching Spider-Man making out with Felicia all the time. He, she keeps, she's always in the room when Spidey swings in. She's like, hey, Webs. And he's like, smoochy, smoochy. And she's kind of like starting to notice him a little bit more. You know, I'm just saying, you know, give her, you know, he's all muscly in his little spandex. And <laughs> and she, she's no. wants some of that web no, action. No, not at all, James B. This is not, not oh, the oh. venue. Sorry, Gene DeWolf. She has to pursue romantic interests somewhere that is not, I think this is work-related for her, crime fighting. Happy birthday! And now to celebrate Eddie's birthday, one more special bonus blooper from this episode. Do you think Norman Osborne was also a member of this club? I'm just wondering. So. <laughs> I, I do think this is the Midtown Businessmen's Club and that the Kingpin has worked his way in one way or the other and they can't they just can't kick him out he's too intertwined with legal and illegal activities Eddie, do you see the word that i have in the show notes right before it's in it's literally bold in parentheses it's highlighted yellow with black border to to do you see the do you see that word i was reading ahead james b and then i'm like wait am i supposed to answer this Ian, do you see the word that I wrote there in the notes? I do see the word. Can you tell the listeners what that word is? Rhetorically. Rhetorically. I, I actually had to write the word rhetorically, basically to tell Eddie, do not answer this question, just move right. on. 